Welcome to Beside the Burn for Monday the 3rd of October. On Sunday in uh, church we were looking at chapters 4 and 5 of the book of Revelation and we've taken a step away from the ordinary in chapters 2 and 3 we were looking at the church, something that we understand and something that we know about and in chapters 4 and 5 John is given this vision of heaven and we're transported with John into heaven to see what is happening there. Now what we're going to do over the next two weeks is look at chapters 4 and 5 because uh, next Sunday in Burnside is going to be our harvest so we won't be looking at Revelation and that gives us a couple of weeks to look in a little bit more detail uh, at chapters 4 and 5, chapter 4 this week, chapter 5 next week because we're just taking a couple of verses uh, each day then maybe these little um, thoughts will be shorter than they have been. And that will give us more time uh, just to be able to look at what's going on and and what we need to understand uh, from these passages. So today we're going to start in chapter 4 and we're going to look at verses 1 and 2. So let's read them and and let's think about this. And uh, this is entitled in the NIV, The Throne in Heaven. So John has, uh, we're told here, after this... So that means after the seven letters have been written to the seven churches, after this he looked, and there before him, before me, was a door standing open in heaven. Now it's interesting that uh, at the end of chapter 3, Jesus was uh, speaking to his church and was saying, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone opens it, I will come in and eat with him. And now John uh, is looking and there is a door open in heaven before him. And just as Jesus was to go through that door, here is John being invited to come through the door and to look and to see what is happening in heaven. Then he says, I heard a voice I had Uh, first heard speaking to me like a trumpet. And any time that we find a trumpet in the book of Revelation, it usually is a warning. There are going to be seven uh, trumpets later on that we're going to uh, be looking at. And those seven trumpets, whenever they are sounded, are sounding a warning to uh, the people of earth, a warning that God is coming in judgment. So whenever John hears a voice like a trumpet, it's a warning to us all that something dramatic is going to happen. So I heard uh, speaking to me like a trumpet said, come up here. There's a command here uh, from this voice for John to come up. He is being invited into heaven, as it were, into this privileged position that he might see the secrets as to what's going on. And this is this dual idea in Revelation that we're being allowed to see what is happening in heaven while we are living on earth. So this is what's taking place at this moment in heaven and John gets to see it and through John's description we get to understand what is happening there as well. It's a place that none of us 
um, have ever been to. It's a place that we know very little about, but John gives us this wonderful description. And the voice goes on to say, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. So John is going to be shown what's going to happen, what's going to take place. And whenever we think of the book of Revelation, we do think that these are all events that are in the future, that are going to be taking place. And some people like to try and work out the dates as to when these things could possibly be happening and what's going on with them. But what we're finding as we read through this book is that much of what's described in the book is actually happening right now. And the thing that is to come and the thing that is to happen is the return of Jesus Christ. So that's the future telling part of the book, but mostly everything else is about the here and now. So this voice is telling John, come up here, I'll show you what must take place after this, as in what's going to happen in the next little while. And John goes on to say, at once, so immediately this happened, I was in the spirit, and we'd already been told In chapter 1, that on the Lord's day, John was in the spirit. He was worshipping God on the Lord's day. And now this continues. He's in the spirit and he is being shown these things. And there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. So can you imagine this sight that is before John? This door is opened. He's invited to come up and to come through the door. And whenever he looks through the door, he hears the voice. And there before him is a throne. And he realizes that this throne is in heaven. So there is a throne. It's in heaven. And we're left at the end of verse 2 with this ominous statement. Someone is sitting on the throne. Now, this immediately can only be one person. If we're in heaven and there is a throne and someone's sitting on it, then this has to be God. There is no one else that could possibly be seated on the throne. This is the creator, the one who loves us, the one who sent his son. It's certainly no human power sitting on the throne because this is in heaven. It's certainly not Satan, because he has been defeated. This has to be God that is seated here. We're also looking at this idea of heaven. Heaven's mentioned a couple of times here for us, and it's important to understand what's being talked about here. Nancy Guthrie, in the book that I've recommended, Blessed, has a wonderful little section Uh, on this particular uh, part of the passage, talking about heaven and what's referred to uh, whenever heaven is mentioned in the Bible. And she uh, tells us that there are three different ways that heaven, or three different places that heaven is used to refer to in the Bible. Uh, First of all, there's the heavens, uh, as in just the, the area above the earth, the, the atmosphere above the earth, 
and uh, we look up and we we see the heavens and where the birds fly and where there uh, are living creatures. Then there's also the heavens looking beyond that and we think of the, where the stars and the planets and, and all that type of uh, material is situated. And then thirdly, there is heaven where uh, God lives and where God is situated. And if you think about it, Paul tells us in one of his letters that he was taken up to the third heaven. And that makes sense now. Paul doesn't give us as much of a description uh, as John gives us, but this is the third heaven, as it were, that we are being given a little insight into and we're left today with this throne and someone seated on the throne. And of course, we're going to find out that the person seated on the throne is God. But if you remember a few weeks back, we were thinking about Isaiah chapter 6. And whenever Isaiah was giving the description of what he saw, he told us that God was there But he didn't give us a very detailed description of what God looked like. Instead, he told us what was happening around God. And I think that's what we're going to find here once again. We're not given a clear description of what God looks like, but we're told what's happening around him, and we're told of his presence, and we're told of what uh, his effect is on the things around. So, That's verses 1 and 2 of chapter 4. More to come this week. Do come back and we'll look at that together. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are seated on your throne in heaven and that you are in control of all things. We thank you, Lord, for this wonderful vision that you've given to the Apostle John and how he has written it down that we might read it and be blessed by it today. Lord, we seek your blessing and we pray that you would help us trust in you, knowing that you are the one who is in control. Amen.